Welcome back to the West Side Discussion Podcast. My name is Jay. Thanks for listening. This is episode 11, kind of an off-season episode. This week, I'm joined by Mitchell Jasper. Mitchell is part of the Disc Golf Pro Tour. He was on episode 3 with Richie Ortiz. He also has his own Disc Golf YouTube channel. Being that this is an off-season episode, we aren't going to talk too much about West Side Discs, but just Disc Golf in general. Mitchell, welcome back. How you doing? Not too bad. Just getting pounded by crazy weather out here. We've had like four seasons in one week. Oh, dang. Uh, so where, where are you at again? I'm in Minnesota. So do you have, is, is everything covered in snow right now then? So it actually is 40 degrees or 45 degrees out today. So it, we got like 12 inches of snow three days ago and now it's all melted today. Oh, dang. All right. Well, so last time you were on, we were talking about uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour. Uh, what have you guys? What have you guys been up to since then? I work work stock on some video ideas and working on some things. But our latest thing we did was uh, with this guy named Dick Nick Deeslin. Uh, we did a pizza video where Nick Deeslin was featured on like shows like America's Got Talent and and Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. So his specialty is pretty much like spinning pizza dough on his fingers and like throwing it over his back. So we wanted to figure out like. How many throws would it take him to actually get that dough into like a disc golf basket in like that setting? So when you approached him, now you know I've seen it. It's a great video, and if you haven't watched it, I'll have the uh, link in the show notes. Uh, when you when you reached out to him, did he know what disc golf was? So he had played disc golf twice, but what was interesting how we actually got connect with him is Richie went to a wedding, and he actually saw Nick Deeslin, or better yet, Pizza Man Nick Deeslin at at the wedding that he was at and he just kind of organically that conversation started and it was like hey nick do you want to uh do you be in a video of ours so he was pretty pumped nice how many holes did you guys play with the pizza was it just that one or did you do a few other ones oh uh, we played that one because we didn't we honestly didn't have any idea how far he would be able to throw it or how actually well he would be able to complete the hole that's why we're like we got so crazed when we're like sixes in play, like Yeah, so they do it and you have you have a bunch of other guys there with you. Is that everyone from the bro tour or is that just other friends? That's just kinda uh, like the homies of the bro tour, like people we play with on the regular and kinda just people we see on a regular basis because of league. So yeah, so pretty much everyone has their bet as to uh you know what he, what he can get it and how many over par it'll take him to get the basket. So check that out. I'll have that link uh, in the show notes. So what what are some other video ideas you guys have coming up? I don't know how much I can kind of give away, but we have we have some more documentary style videos coming out where we kind of highlight some like cool things people are doing in the disc golf community in Minnesota and I don't know, we have some tutorial videos for for our audience as well. All right, nice. That'd be that'd be good. Keep an eye on that. So what uh, I mean, we kind of already talked about the weather and what it's like how hard is it to get out there? What's your off season looking like right now? And what are your plans? So my off season, as soon as I got done in August, I'm, I'm kind of, I always switch into hunting and fishing mode because yeah, I'm from Minnesota. So it's kind of a thing to do in the winter, sit on a frozen lake and drill some holes and ice fish. As I go in honey mode and then, and then when you come back, you, uh, you get into it or what's going on? So about February, there's some winter tournaments that start up at like BRP and uh, there's a golf course in Golden Valley, Minnesota called Brookview. They take like the 
this summer golf course layout, and then they put uh, they have permanent, not permanent. They have temporary uh, baskets that go out there in the winter, and then that's kind of our haven for disc golfers in the metro. So you're playing that out in the snow with the the ribbons on the discs, or how's that looking? No, I don't do I don't do the ribbons, man. I can, it just it just affects the flight really weird. But I mean. I have lost many discs. Like last year, I lost probably half my bag just playing winter rounds because you'd throw it and then it literally just sink under the snow. And it's just, I might think about going to ribbons just based on the fact that I don't want to lose any of my nice discs. So, but dang, making me making me feel like I'm spoiled. I was gonna go out today, but it got down to 55 degrees out here in Southern California. I was like, ah, that's that's too cold. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't get out. Or you that. guys like. <laughs> We only get like eight months of prime disc golfing, like weather, and four other four months we kind of just make do. Like I don't really play as much as I should in the winter, but shouldn't all you guys be better than everyone in Minnesota just based on that you guys get more time to play? Well, that's so that's what you'd think, but I wonder, what do you think would be better playing pretty much all year round, or if you know there's a time limit on it, do you think that kind of motivates people to? to get out more well i like that i get a little bit of a break because honestly if i could play all year round i would be able to do anything else so you get that itch after about two to three months because you haven't thrown and it's like oh i gotta get out and play i gotta i'm gonna play every day for like three weeks straight and just go hard pretty much and that's usually what happens in spring is as soon as like March rolls around and like the snow is kind of melting and we can shovel off tee pads a little bit better than our mm-hmm. like under three feet of snow. It's it's game on. Yeah, I wonder if that kind of that mentality makes a difference. You know, of course not like for the touring pros and stuff, but just you know the regular regular disc golfers. Or if you can do it all the time, you know, in in weather like this, you know, might not be motivated to kind of get out and do what you can while you can. One, I think your ratings kind of are better in this weather because everyone's got to play in the the crappy weather. So I wonder if that makes a difference, honestly. But my highest rated round of was nine ninety, and I shot it last year in like in like January in a blizzard. Was it everyone everyone from uh, Minnesota, or was that you think there was some people up there not used to it, and that's what helped you? There out? was a few people, but most of the most of the it's just the locals. We we're, we're hardcore up here, <laughs> so it's like. Anything where we can get like rubber tee pads out there and we can throw during the winter is a win. So we all want to nice. do it. Kind of looking forward then. So after you know you get your hunting done and and ice fishing and and disc golf comes back, what are some things you're going to be uh, working on for next year? Well, I've kind of neglected my personal channel, so I want to do a bunch of hot sauce rounds this summer. Like that's that's a big priority, and then. I'm going to be most likely moving up to the MPO field and that'll probably take up majority of my time is focusing on that. So I kind of want to prepare prepare in my off season for that and just kind of make sure all my skills are kind of fine tuned and make sure the putter's still working good. Cause that's a big thing is you got to putt. Before we go back into that uh, MPO, just in case anyone didn't hear the episode, the bro tour episode, what's the hot sauce? What's the hot sauce videos? So the concept of it is that I'm going to play something that's either better than me or equally as good as me, but 
the difference is I can handle hot sauce. I don't know if this other person can. So what happens <laughs> is is we'll play kind of a match play format. Right. And then if you basically lose the hole, you got to take a hot sauce. So I have about six or seven hot sauces that I have a lineup of. And if you lose the hole, you got to take a shot of hot sauce. And I have my own branded Mitchell Jasper disc golf hot glass that you have to fill up. So then the hot sauces progressively get hotter as you lose holes. So then once you get to the top, you're basically stuck. And I'm kind of trying to work work out how you would basically not take a hotter sauces. You'd have to pretty much ace a hole. And or you could get a glass of milk or something like that if you ace a hole. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> workshop this stuff right now while I'm in my off season, but all this stuff is pretty fun. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, acing might be kind of hard. I, I would probably play you if if you could birdie a hole and and drink some milk. <laughs> I think I think. Oh no, man, you got to stew in the way. heat. That's the that's the that's the that's the deal, man. Because we haven't done one in the summer yet when it's like 90 degrees out and humid. So I want to get people sweating. So who picks which hot sauce, the the person that has to take it or the other person? So I kind of pick a good lineup of them. Like they vary in taste and kind of peppers and stuff. And like, for an example, like I, my next kind of lineup is going to be all Lola sauces, which is a Des Moines based hot sauce company. So they have kind of their original sauce. They have like a jalapeno sauce. Then it goes like habanero, then ghost pepper, then uh, scorpion pepper. And then it goes to Carolina Reaper. And then they have their family reserve sauce, which is like the hottest sauce they got. So it's it's a serious kind of ramp up once you go from is one there, to seven. Is there a strategy if uh, you have to drink one uh, to go for the hottest one first or – should you start with this, the milder? But you have to, you have to progress. You have to go through the progression. So you have to take like the least hot sauce first, and then it'll ramp oh, okay. up. That way, because you get through, you're getting through the round, and then things start compounding. Like you start shooting bad shots, and then, then the heat starts hitting you, and it's just like everything's just everything's well, just would, hitting the fan at that point. I think that would be a great exercise, especially for the mental game, because uh, there's more. More of a consequence of missing a putt or missing a shot uh, than just adding strokes to the card. So that actually might be a good practice tool. Well, I honestly wonder if like a like an intermediate or advanced player could pay, play like Kale Lavisco or like James Conrad, and and basically those guys have to take hot sauce every hole, regardless if they lose or lose the hole. So just to see if they can like play play well while the heat's kind of right sinking in on them and see if they can actually they probably can handle the pressure but it just would make great like youtube content to watch them kind of suffer a little bit because <laughs> kale visc is always super cool calm and collected on the course yeah. and just see him sweat a little bit would be kind of nice for a change see, see like to <laughs> see add dr on. smooth can get a little <laughs> unsmooth <laughs> yeah absolutely i want to take a quick break and say thank you to the sponsors birdie fuel coffee and mando disquare if you haven't tried Birdie Fuel Coffee yet, you're really missing out. It's a great way to enjoy a delicious cup of coffee while also supporting a disc golf player. So if you like disc golf and coffee, check out their offerings at birdiefuelcoffee.com. You can pick up a bag based on taste or your favorite player. You really can't go wrong. 
And when you check out, use code WSD10 to save 10%. That's WSD10. And also Mando Discware. They have a great lineup of apparel, shirts, hats, joggers, hoodies. Clothes are comfortable. They allow you to send it with style. Now, last time you were on, uh, we were able to get you a, a hoodie. How have you been liking that? Oh, man. It's probably one of the nicest hoodies I've gotten because it has, like, on the, po- the front pouch, it has zippers. Like, all the, the sweatshirt tassels are wrapped in metal. It's just, it's a Corvette, man. It's and it's nice and warm, especially during the winter. Yeah, so it's perfect. So if if, uh, you're, if you're playing somewhere where it's cold, um, check out mandodisquare.com. Uh, you can get one of those hoodies. Use code WSD10 at checkout. And you can save 10% uh, on your order. All right. So are you moving up to MPO for the first time next year? Yeah, I haven't played any MPO events yet. So I just feel like feel like it's time. Like, I'm, what made you? What kind of made you think it's it's time to go up? I just feel like I've been playing long enough that it's like I can throw it as far as the pros. I just because you get too advanced, and then yeah, you're you're like taking like fourth, fifth, second, first, all those kind of numbers, and it's just like I don't really know what I need to work on at this point because it's like I don't like I yeah, there's good players that come play in advanced every so often, and they kick your butt, but a lot of the times it's like yeah i've kind of plateaued in my game lately and i need to i want to move up and see what the top level has to offer and what i actually need to work on when i'm playing against these top level players because it'll actually test your game yeah you think it's best to maybe win in a division first before moving up or or as you said just kind of where you feel like you're just not growing anymore I used to believe that you should win your first like event before you move up, but that's 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 kind of false because you get those you just winning is w- lucky to some extent because somebody could get good key, tree kicks one day or they could just hit nice lines and putt very well and it's any on any given day anybody can win so I feel like there's there's probably a decent amount of kind of a learning curve going from advanced to an MPO field, but if you've prepared and you've played well in advanced, it's the only difference that, that it's going to be is it's going to be tougher to win in MPO. Was there any type of uh, practice or preparation um, that you think you can contribute to being ready to move up to MPO? So I would say 100% comes down to putting and like all short game. Because if you can't putt or you don't have a serviceable upshot or a serviceable like forehand upshot, it's going to be tough to actually score or actually to scramble too. Because scrambling, I almost think, is almost more vital than scoring sometimes because you got to get yourself out of trouble to salvage your par. And bogeys are kind of the bane of our existence as disc golfers. So Right. And especially if you're playing in a hot, in a hot, uh, hot sauce round. Absolutely. Man, you got to eagle stuff in, in the hot sauce round to win. <laughs> I got <laughs> to challenge Derek Lawson again to a rematch because we played when there was 40 mile per hour wins. It's like, can we play when it's like calm for once? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, so, yeah, we don't get a lot of uh, – it doesn't get too cold out here, but where I'm at, it does get windy. And so I feel like I kind of have to have two different bags, you know, one for the summer and then one, uh, you know, one for it's nice and calm and then one for for when it's windy because it definitely does make a different game 
I don't really think you should build a winter bag because you should literally like learn a bag of your own, like the discs you'll be playing with in summer. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I've gotten better by playing in the wintertime because I'm playing in the, the crappy elements and it's like, so your head game has to be just as good, if not better than when you play during the summer because there's yeah. the snow, the tee pads are slicker than usual. Like you have to slow your walk up, up like all that stuff and just focus on getting the timing right when you're throwing. Yeah. That's a, that's definitely a good way to, to look at it. So what are some, so what are some of your goals going to be in MPO? Is it just, to finish the round or, or to win or what are you looking for? For right now, it's probably just early season is just the cash and then kind of keep building. I mean, I'm trying to get my rating between 960 and 970 this year and, and beyond. I just got to make sure to push myself and get out and do field work and practice as much as I can. Nice. All right. I know a lot of the other podcasts, you know, disc golf podcasts have kind of talked about all the different rule changes. Um, but I just want to kind of get your thoughts. Um, have you seen any of the rule changes or, or looked at them? Uh, I actually haven't because I you typically will re-up my PDAGA membership and then I'll get a rule book of all the new rules and stuff have changed. So I'll read up before the season so they're fresh. Because if I read it now, I mean, I'm probably going to forget some by the time the season starts. So. Well, did you hear the one about finishing a hole? So it used to be the disc couldn't go through the, you know, the basket. It had to go, you know, go inside. But now the disc can just land in the basket or wedge inside and that counts. Oh man, so I actually have a I would have another ace now if that if that was the rule because I don't. I did what Paul Macbeth did at Ledgestone, where he tacoed his disc in the basket. So Paul Macbeth would technically have an ace too. But about a few years ago, I literally was aceless. Like never had my first ace, and I threw it, and did it was a blind kind of. It was a blind tee shot, and all I heard was it hit basket. So I'm thinking it's in. I go up, and it's literally tacoed in the in like the cage. Like it's like, it's like what the hell, like. Well, when did this even? How did this even happen? Like, how did? Yeah, like, when did that accounted then? Because if no one saw it, not it should go to you anyway. So I think you should but, retroact- but the, retroactively uh, account it. But I don't think disc discs are grandfathered in though. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they should. Well, uh, the funny thing I've I've ever read in the manual, the rules manual, is something about not blowing your smoke in someone's face or something, or like. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the most interesting. I'm like, hmm. It's like that's that's kind of funny. <laughs> it's like I've never read something where where they kind of grandfather smoking into the fact that somebody's yeah. doing it on the course, and and specifically say blowing in someone's face. It's like yeah. So that must have happened quite a bit if they had to write a rule about it. All right. Well, thanks for coming on this uh, kind of off season, off topic uh, shows or anything else. You want to talk about say your plug? Oh, guys, don't forget to check out the Disc Golf Bro Tour. So we have a bunch of videos planned for the future and a lot of interesting stuff. And then we'll release a couple of videos to help you kind of get into the swing of things for the disc golf season. So Perfect. thanks, Jay. I appreciate you having me on. This is, I'm a, you haven't really been doing this that long. So I've been a long time <laughs> listener, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> a long time listener, all 10 episodes. <laughs> That's awesome. 
<laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it was great talking to you again. Yeah, you have a good, uh, good holiday season. You too. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for listening. This is the West Side Discussion Podcast. I want to thank Mitchell for coming back on. Thank you to the sponsors, Mando Discoware and Birdie Fuel Coffee. The theme song is What Would You Be Like by Akira the Don. We'll continue the discussion next time.